Today I'm joined with CEO of Directly, Mike De La Cruz, where we discuss customer service, AI, and how to keep a human in the loop. But first, welcome to AI Nerd, AI with Attitude, where I try to make things as unnerdy as possible. Enjoy learning today about the latest trending technology. But before we begin, please subscribe, hit the notifications button, give it a like, and drop a comment below. Welcome to AI Nerd, AI with Attitude. Today, I am joined by the CEO, that's a big word, CEO, Mike De La Cruz of Directly. Mike, how in the world are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm here from uh, my place in New Orleans uh, talking to y'all. You haven't been wiped off the map with the new that's hurricane, right. anything cool? We, uh, we made it through Ida and uh, we're, back. we're back in business. Very good. Now, did you flood or not? Uh, we did not flood. We stayed through the storm, uh, saw a lot of crazy stuff happening. Uh, we're all safe. And, uh, you know, we're back. We're back to where we were. I mean, I'm glad you're safe. It was uh, the, the city has gotten too many hits in the last decade. So it's uh, oh. or, or so. But I'm uh, glad you're OK. But I don't think that's what you let's take a second back here. It's nice <laughs> to, to take a few moments and join me from New Orleans. Um, yes. I'm going to forge you the time. Anybody in my life knows when I stop talking, it's a win. So I'm going to stop talking. And you tell us just a little about you, the company. Give us a little journey background. Take, take a few moments and do that. That's great. Thanks for that, Thomas. Um, so I'm the CEO of a company called Directly. And uh, really, the company um, formed to make the world of customer support just a little bit better for all of us. Um, if you think about uh, situations where you're dealing with a company, you're either dealing with their product or with customer support. And uh, it makes all the difference when you have a good experience. So the company's general idea was that if you could get the people that really know a product, use it every day, like gamers, for example, for, for uh, video games or people that are on electronics all day long, you know, those people that are power users, if we can get them to help us, with our consumer support issues, wouldn't that be so much better? So uh, that's the whole company was around that premise. And uh, we worked with great names like, you know, Xbox, for example, or Airbnb uh, to provide great support. And uh, we're having fun with it, you know? And now the company's moved to expand its product line to start uh, attacking the fact that people are frustrated with bots and chatbots. So that's the next thing we're doing. We're providing great human support and uh, now we're trying to make it better for folks that have to interact with chatbots. Even the AI messes up the mute sometimes. <laughs> That's right. Are you angry with me for being a chatbot? Where did that come from? That is so weird. Wow, <laughs> an AI took over our system and screwed up the mute button That's even. Amazing. It's amazing. That's amazing. That's See, what's AI happening. isn't perfect. And, and, That's and right. people shouldn't expect it either, I think. Um, in the world of customer service, and ultimately technology fails, as you may have just witnessed, but it doesn't matter really. Uh, it, what it matters is actually the customer experience. So you're smiling, we're having fun, and, and you want on a customer experience side, it's not always about fun because sometimes that's not the, the outcome. Mm -hmm. uh, but tell me what you guys are doing maybe that's different, you know, because there have been some dismal chats that I've cussed at as much as I do IVRs. And, I, you know, if I could find one that really is just hitting at home or... Tell, tell me about what you guys are doing specifically, maybe. That, yeah, that yeah. So think, so think about it. You know, we're now all chatting either with a human being um, or a chatbot, right? And uh, that's how we're, most of us are getting support and getting help. 
Um, on the human being side, what we're doing is we're finding people that know that particular product really well and want to help other users like them and provide empathetic support. And that's where, you know, conversations like we're having, Thomas, that's, that's the kind of conversation you want with another human being. Somebody that knows the product, uh, can have a little banner and have human connection with you, and uh, really just is there to help you solve your problem like they would want for themselves. Right. Yeah. And so we, one thing we do different is instead of an outsourced agent or, uh, you know, somebody that that's their job, we're trying to bring people in that that's their passion, you know, and uh, to be able to help other users like themselves kind of get through problems that they probably dealt with already. Um, so that's kind of part one. The part two is a chatbot where the normal experience that we get is we ask it a question. You're supposed to ask it a question like what you need. And the most common response is, I don't understand. Have you ever gotten that, Thomas? Um, I get that from everyone in my life. I don't understand <laughs> what you do or what you're saying. So yes, no, but definitely on the chatbot side, for sure. Or uh, I mean, actually, even the human side as well. I mean, I don't understand. It's, <laughs> yeah. You can read my I, mind, please. It's, it seems so fundamental. I don't understand. And, uh, and that's what we want to do is we want to bring humans that really understand that problem because maybe they use that product all day long, you know? And, uh, and they're just super passionate about it. And then we want to have chatbots that don't have that, I don't understand. And the difference behind that is we include, you know, all these experts training these chatbots so that they actually do understand, provide great customer experiences and make it easy for people to, uh, to get what they need out of a company. Well, absolutely. And I will tell you that if uh, you're hiring, you made, made an actually good point. So um, I'll back up is you said that, you know, you hire people with passion mm -hmm. that, ha that are aligned to it. And, you know, my point of view in intelligent automation or AI systems, which, you know, they, you have to have a human in the loop still. The technology is not quite there. It's right. still training. It still probably will be for the next decade, yeah. you know, or so. Uh, but but the, the less the human has to respond with, uh, you know, bias or noise in their decisions or how they reply, the better, right? So the, the more... Right more consistent you can do then you can measure it and judge it and, and improve it or create ABCD responses and see what happens. But you do have a human in the loop, which is a really key element. Um, I get asked, so do, do you leverage, uh, not leverage, it's the wrong word. Do you have an intentional diversity program of the passionate people you're bringing in or is it the requirement just to have a passion for the, the technology in the field? Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's both. So I think we wanna have people that really are passionate about technology. Uh, we have people for our company, you know, from 60, um, 60 different countries that are working on this. So we do have geographical diversity that are, that are providing support. Um, we do a lot of um, uh, work with our algorithms and our screening to make sure there's no bias so that we can kind of cast a very wide net out there. And, uh, and really with that hope of creating more diversity. Now, because our model has all of these people that are contributing work from home, and remote and from wherever they are, I think, you know, and we've learned through COVID that remote and that flexibility, that it's better to, you know, be able to wrap your arms around a more diverse workforce and a mm -hmm. talent base if you have that instead of like trying to get everybody into an office in San Francisco or another city. You know what I mean? Right. Where they're working two hours a day on a bus. But that, that's right. That's right. Uh, that uh, limits diversity quite a bit in every way, you know? It does. And, and uh, when you and say, your desire to you, work. That's right. And if you say work anytime you want uh, on any product that you feel passionate about from anywhere else in the world, 
I think that creates a ton of diversity as well. And, and you know what, one of the things we've learned through COVID is that we've had a chance to really impact uh, and help uh, quite a diverse set of people that are on our platform that, um, you know, whether, whether through some tough times in COVID uh, by having the flexibility and the earnings, you know, from, uh, from our platform. I, I, I couldn't agree more. Leveraging a gig economy for, um, well, a few things, right? So the, the higher cost centers like US, you know, West, uh, Europe, mm -hmm. and things like this, or Europe in general, I guess, uh, when you can leverage lower cost and combined with technology, not only are you, I think, providing, you know, you're way above market salary and rates for that area, but you're mm -hmm. also being able to deliver it to, as a service and drive the, the economics of it, so to speak, for value. I do believe it's a massive mistake for companies right now that are not looking at a global footprint for work. I think it's mm -hmm. a huge opportunity missed. And I think it's, mm -hmm. a, it's, a, it's a, a zombie march of the corporation. If you say that plus we're not really going to do any new tech and yeah. we're going to go all back to the office, even if you're in the commercial real estate business. <laughs> I, think if, uh, I think if you're not thinking this way, you're, you've missed the, the next wave of whatever is going to send us all home to work again and not travel you're going to be even further behind uh, on a cost standpoint and uh, the ability to do it. And, and then, you know, what's going to happen. They're going to have to buy directly to deal with all the customer service problems. So yeah. I led into that. Boom. Delivered it. Um, <laughs> That's right. That's right. I mean, just, just think about what's happening, you know, with the great resignation and uh, you know, how we're rethinking our lives. I mean, does somebody want to work all day long in a call center and what kind of a customer service experience are you going to get? Does somebody want to have a job that's full-time nine to five training a bot you know, all day long, you know, um, it's just getting harder and harder to do these things well. And you've got to find a way to, uh, you know, encompass anybody that's passionate about it globally with all the flexibility that they want so that we can still get this stuff done. And, uh, you know, let's find people that really want to do it. I have a question. Yes. What is your <laughs> greatest technical challenge? I think the greatest technical challenge for us is um, what, what I would say is how do we continue? <laughs> it's, it is distracting to look at an AI. <laughs> oh, it's um, definitely an AI. I mean, that's how it, AI works, right? It, it, it's definitely an AI. It kind of like in, inserts itself in there. Um, but I think, I think the challenge is, uh, let me back up. I, I think for us, it's actually a human challenge. Um, and how do we, uh, get people engaged, keep people, you know, uh, give them the opportunities. How do we reach more people with this and uh, make it so easy for them to participate so that uh, they can do it if they have two minutes, one minute, five minutes of time um, and, and give them that ultimate flexibility. And what are all the technologies we have to kind of put in place to make that happen? You know, from AI getting really smart at routing to the right person to um, I mean, thinking about the question or just making it super easy for you to train it. How do we compress all of that drudgery and that painstaking work that's happening around AI right now and make AI work for us to kind of open up this potential? I'll give you a perspective, you challenge it so, uh, or agree or however you'd like, but it, in my career, at least, and I've seen AI systems and I am putting that loosely in terms of people claiming AI or, or beyond, uh, for it to work, it has mm -hmm. to be a very narrow, deep use case. And, right. and you know, a chat bot specifically that says, what's your problem, basically, when you ask, which is a nice way to say, what's your problem? But it doesn't have, 
you know, if it's not geared, geared toward, let's say, provider enrollment in healthcare or mm -hmm. um, credit card fraud or, or where's my benefits in HR or whatever it is, mm -hmm. what I find is they fall way short. And, and so the lead question to you is what, what's your narrow, if you have it, I hope, what's <laughs> your narrow, deep use case? Because you had to probably, you had to stick to something, especially when you land your first client and then you got to go rock that. What, what yeah. was yours and what's your opinion on that? Maybe top. Yeah, you know, our, our narrow use case, if you could think about it, is just a world of technical support and customer support. Um, and we work with fast growth technology companies and products. And that allows us to narrow. And then having said that, um, our goal is how to get the human in the loop to create custom models for each one of these situations. Because you don't want a generic retail bot. Yeah. Oh yeah. Let me, let me talk to you about that. You know? Um, and, and really that's it. You're trying to work with a company with a specific product or service. It's got its own issues and it's out of reach for most companies to create the right custom model. Like you would train a person in your company's culture and its products to provide the right support. It's hard to do that with general models. So we're very, very narrow. And in fact, our goal is to get the human in the loop in a scalable way so that we can do company by company, you know, product by product models. And that's when it doesn't fall short. And that's, that's really the goal. Yeah. It, what's your kind of, what, what is your personal scene or, or timeline, I guess, for implementation from first meeting to, well, let's try this use case and maybe walk me through kind of like, it's always a challenge, right? Cause I'm in the consulting advisory world as well. Sure. And, and it's part of it. You guys want licenses, but there's always a professional services coaching element, uh, unless you have a unique model that doesn't do that. So I'd love to hear how you go from a science, someone who goes, I, I filled out a form to client is actually in production. Can, can you walk yeah. through that? Yeah, right. So, and in this case, let me talk about our, our chat bot rather than the, than the gig aspect of our platform. You know, in this case with a, with a chat bot, what you typically do, right, is you need professional services and your own team uh, to really analyze your data, to create a model, and then that's not the, that's just the beginning. That's not the end. <laughs> when you start using this model in production, you, you got to train it. It's like painstakingly to annotate and train it with all sorts of data. And really that's the beginning. That's what we think. And, uh, and people stop there when it's out in the live world is when you need the continuous improvement of that model. Just like you and I are learning, you know, having a conversation uh, we couldn't have pre-scripted everything that we're going to say, you know, right from the, before we even kind of got on this, on this podcast. Right. And so I kind of think of that and say, that's the normal thing is like, you got to plan for that all the way through. And what we do is uh, we actually work with companies um, and, and what it looks like for us is you plug in all your data set, you know, you have a help desk or you have your customer conversations and support, you plug in your data set. We do all sorts of AI around that to make it super efficient to cluster it. But really, how do we then create tasks for human in the loop folks to validate? You know how uh, we click on yep. things on CAPTCHA, you know, like uh, this, this is a stoplight, this is a stop sign. And it's very easy for us to train AI. We try to create micro tasks like that. So people can go, hey, is this about A or B? Is this about... Um, right. Yeah, is it about this game or that game? You know, and, is it baseball uh, or softball? Tennis yeah, is it baseball softball? or softball? Is that the, is what is this language about? Is this person, you know, angry or happy, right? And so we're trying to create all these tasks so that people are able to, in a fun way, just like click, 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 train AI, so that in about three to four weeks' time, a customer can go live with a chatbot that wouldn't be embarrassing, right? So what, what about really the voice element? 
Yeah. yeah. So, so I've seen some cool use cases of, you know, you have very call enriched customer base. So like your customers calling are always calling for whatever it is, age demographics. And yeah. there are plenty of strategies to move them from call to chat. Let's mm -hmm. leave those out. Is there anything you can do to be inserted or your technology to pick up voice on the fly as an AI engine and then direct them to a customer service person on the other side that happens to also be manning a chat? So like it, there's that omni-channel support. Mm -hmm. And I guess what I'm getting to is, you know, if you have only voice coming in, you can't get them to chat. Someone's going to have to pick up the phone, but it'd be great okay. if they could interact, you know, with. So talk to me about me on the voice side, if, if there's any elements. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so uh, we're building our virtual agent, our chatbot, in a way that can handle voice, um, but we're not using it for that right now for, for a reason. Um, I think that if you're on the IVR as a consumer, if we're on the IVR as a consumer and we're just pounding through the, you know, step one and step two and press one, and we've oh, been- That's when I cuss, zero, we've zero, gotten zero, frustrated. zero, 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 Yeah, we've gotten frustrated <laughs> to that point. Uh, what we're doing there is that we actually have a big telco that's uh, using our service. What we're doing this is we're offering uh, human assistance while you're waiting from somebody that knows that product really well. So we, you get a text from this telco and you go, hey, while you're waiting, do you, you want to actually get support like right now mm -hmm. from somebody that knows that? And what we find by that is 80% of the time that call is resolved and avoided and got them into chat. And it wasn't really a goal to get them to chat. The goal was to solve their problem quickly, you know? And I so may have a good use case for you. <laughs> so we'll we're bringing, offline. We're, yeah, that's where we bring the, 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 the human, the gig, the passionate experts in. Because I believe, personally, I believe that once you've been through all those steps, you don't want another bot no matter how good it is, you know, yeah. at this point. And uh, hopefully we can uh, change all that. Just make the chat so powerful that people don't wait for the phone or don't go through the IVR. So that's that's kind of our goal is like avoid that altogether. But if you're in it, let's uh, let's try to get a human in there and uh, give you some empathy because you probably need some. You know, you've you've been uh, frustrated now for a couple of minutes. Uh, so hopefully, that, yeah. Best. Well, that, that's an interesting <laughs> workflow just from the triggering of a phone number calls another phone number when yeah. that receiving phone number gets that they can immediately before no IVR. You may just maybe they're just going to a person. And if there's any hold time, it shoots and say, hey, listen, you can jump on chat right now and likely get this answered. Yeah. And then if that doesn't work, you'll still be connected in line without losing yeah. your spot Yeah. person. But that person will be on the other end of that. You've been chatting with them. Yeah. <laughs> so. and, and, and this telco we're working with is innovating here. And, and I think they can do it very easily because you, they have your phone, you have your number, you're calling from there. It's about this, you know, and uh it makes, a, it makes a lot of sense to kind of resolve your problem, use their own technology and what they're offering and make it a lot easier for people to, uh, to get their problem solved. You well, know? I see that as part of the strategy in real time to move people away from call and be like, I could just chat with them. It might be easier. And you might get 15, 20% off, uh, you yeah. know, lift from, from get off calls as, as you get That's people right. up from there. I That's love right. that. What's, um, I can't think of a random question to ask you. So I'm just going to ask you, what is your future thought on, just the, the industry um, and, and anything else you'd like to share about your, your products or services that you think is unique. Uh, and I, actually, let me back up before you do the future yeah. thought, I would love to hear, and I love, this is kind of your, you know, shameless yeah. plug time. Like <laughs> this is not brought to you directly by directly. They are not a sponsor of the AI nerd. <laughs> That's right. This is all free. I'm sorry. I'm close, close to the mic for effect. Um, 
But no, who's your who's your absolute turnkey? This is a no-brainer if you're not calling us at least to get into your RFP cycle customer. Yeah, you know, I think if we have um, a high-tech company that actually cares about good customer experience, not just deflecting costs, mm-hmm. and they're growing, um, don't think about you know using old-world methods and uh, traditional kind of going through the same problems of traditional kind of customer support leapfrog the competition, work kind of innovatively with a passionate gig workforce and a chatbot that's trained on your products and forget all that stuff altogether. So you could scale and grow as a, as a technology company and offer great support. And why shouldn't I use Facebook chat in my website? <laughs> it's not about Facebook chat. It's about the answer you're going to get and how staffed it is and how great it is. So uh, use wow. our bot with Facebook chat. How about that? You know, if so you that, well, that's a good point. So yours, you have a front end user experience side, but really the values on the engine side that could be plugged in behind the UX. That's right. That's right. That's where I was going to with that. <laughs> that's right. I love it. I love it. I got so, it. <laughs> so Instagram did send me a letter. It's a different discussion, but anyway. <laughs> We'll talk about like a season yeah. like desist from Instagram. We'll, we won't we'll, talk about it. We'll that. talk about it after. <laughs> It'll be on YouTube. So I won't have to worry about my, my Facebook account <laughs> getting shut down. If it's going to be on anyway, uh, future thought, tell me, tell me where, where does this, you know, let's fast forward three to five years after you've, you know, exit, you're on your yacht, you're, you're thinking, man, I'm really glad I spent all that time working and you're like, but what's, what's now, what happened? What's, what's going through your mind in the AI world? I, I think in the AI world, future thought in the AI world is like, I think we fully embrace what you um, mentioned earlier on. All AI is going to be human in the loop. And instead of worried about algorithms and automations and things like that and how that all works and you know what you know what methods you're using in machine learning, I think we got the AI industry will be thinking about how to do human in the loop in a way that's engaging for the humans, in a way that, you know, instead of a, a, a bot replacing humans, it's really humans behind every great bot, right? And, and how do you actually make that work and human in the loop? And you need technology to make that work. You know, if you say, hey, I've got the great algorithms, I've created this NLP model, look at my computer vision model, let me, let me, let me talk to you about how great those things are from a machine learning science standpoint. And then you just ignore the fact that 60% of the cost and the effort with that project uh, around that AI is going to be around training this thing, and it's still not going to be sufficient. Um, then we're missing the boat. And I, and I think if we could just at least get people to pay attention to this, create a ton of innovation around this human in the loop and how to get people engaged in the right way, in an ethical way, in a way that helps people and uh, helps the machines perform well, then I would be very happy. I think you're a liar. AI will take over the world. <laughs> Terminate. Oh no. <laughs> that was weird. <laughs> so don't you know it's the first time doing these bits. So it's, uh... it's awful. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> um, I think by the way, uh, um, I think you're spot on. And I do believe there's like a great uh, realization. It'll probably follow some kind of Gartner curve that if it doesn't, they'll make one up, but it'll be it follows the hype curve, right? Of this anticipation yeah. and where you really are on it, I think will become very obvious once the technology really shifts to um, humans first and AI accelerated. Uh, yeah. I think there's there's definitely use cases where AI makes sense, where it's just big sure. data crunching. But at the end of the day, those are based on logic and business models and, and they're still right. 
there's a feedback loop that's needed and that could be from a machine, but at the end of the day, it, it's gotta have uh, the real world pieces in it. So, as, yeah. but as computing power goes up and unstructured data specifically, let's say uh, what people are writing, saying and doing is starting, that's included in, then you'll get an acceleration on the AI side for sure. Right. But that's then right. I think also then regulation comes into play and there's other that's things, right. how you can use it, your transparency, your explainability of the model. That's right. Uh, but I, I do, I do believe the, for the purposes now, probably the next decade, I think you're, you're spot on for the purposes of adoptability, democratization of the technology. Um, yeah. People still see it as a, as a threat or risk. Um, and, you know, look at blockchain, right? How much potential this thing has. And it, it still hasn't really, outside of crypto, really gotten a foothold anywhere. That's for right. a number of reasons. I, I think mostly because people don't want the transparency of transaction. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that's actually the main driver. It's not cost. It's not anything else. It's like, I don't really want you to know that that's not yeah. really yeah. a Mercedes part or yeah. this, you know, food has yeah. actually been sitting on for four weeks, not one week and whatever. Um, awesome. So I well, think that's part of it. <laughs> but yeah, well, well, Thomas, thank you so much for yeah, um, the opportunity to kind of join you on this podcast. And uh, it was great to meet you. You as well. Take care. Um, I, I look forward to it. I will catch up separately with you on a yes. potential use case for you uh, directly. Oh, awesome. You see, that's another, that's a great pun. I think I have a direct <laughs> use case for you, but uh, nice to meet you. Take care. Thank you. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed the video today. Thank you for listening, watching. Please subscribe, turn on notifications, hit that like button and drop me a comment below. AI nerd, AI with attitude.